Praise the Lord, everyone. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this evening. Amen. Amen. God is so good. He's so faithful. It's an honor and a privilege to be here with you this evening. Um, we, uh, we count it a high honor and privilege, really, to be able to uh, have the opportunity not only to share our burden throughout the country, but to be able to travel to different churches and see the body of Christ in different areas and just meet brothers and sisters uh, in the Lord that uh, we may not have met before. And, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's something that I've noticed is that, uh, you know, whether we're in Moldova or in North Carolina where, we're, where we call home or whether we're here in, in Belleville, Illinois, the spirit of the Lord is the same. The, the move of God is the same. It really, all it takes is what Scripture says is just for two or three of us to gather together in His name and begin to call upon Him, begin to lift up His name. And I know it's the middle of the week, and I know it, it can be weary at times going through the, the drudgery of the day and, and the, <clears throat> the, the work routine and, you know, the, the constant challenges that we face. But when we come into the house of God, we can turn our eyes upon Jesus and, and the things of this world, they, they begin to fade away. And we kind of, for, for even just for a season, maybe we begin to forget about the stresses of life and the cares of life because it's just so wonderful and refreshing to be in the presence of the Lord. And we feel that here in this house today, and we're so honored to be a part of what God is doing, even if it's just for a short period of time. <clears throat> and so, uh, Pastor uh, Sabolchi, I just wanted to say thank you uh, from my family to yours and uh, to, to really your church family. You all have been tremendous to us already for, for hosting us and allowing us to come and to share a little bit of our, our burden and our heartbeat for what God is doing. And I apologize, you may be seated this evening. <clears throat> thank you for, for bearing with me. Sometimes I forget that. <laughs> but as, uh, as Pastor Sabolchi uh, said, um, my wife and I, Tia, were, were appointed to the country of Moldova, and I'm going to have her come in a little while to, uh, to share a little bit more about that. <clears throat> but it's, it's, a, it's a country in Eastern Europe, and I'm going to try not to say too much of her presentation here, but it's a country in Eastern Europe that, that really honestly needs God, which every country, including America, needs God. Amen. All people need to hear the wonderful name of Jesus to, to understand the, the reality that we can have a relationship with him and that we can walk with him and, and we can be baptized in his name and filled with his spirit. And it, it really begins to change our lives. And, and so we're just honored and we're really excited for the opportunity and privilege to be able to go to Moldova. And we're, we're ready to get back as soon as we can in Jesus name. <clears throat> And uh, a couple of things that will help us to get back is we have a table in the back. Uh, we have some information there on the table, some items for sale. Uh, we also are affiliates with the Pentecostal Publishing House. Um, and basically all that means, I'm just going to give a short thing, is that you can partner with us through purchasing items or books or supplies or whatever through the Pentecostal Publishing House. And uh, if you want to know more information about that, how that you can be a part of that, and uh, what that means for you, uh, see us at the table, and we'll, we'll take some time to, to explain that to you if you have any questions. <clears throat> at this time, I'm going to ask Sister Tia to prepare to come. But before she does, I always like to share this little uh, 
piece of information, which Pastor mentioned just briefly, but uh, our son, his name is Silas, and we chose this name for a variety of reasons. Um, before we um, chose this name, we did a lot of research trying to figure out what names meant, because we really feel like there is uh, power in the name of something. There's power in the name of Jesus, right? And so we, we wanted to really be intentional with how we named our son. So we did the research, and we found out that uh, the name Silas actually means of the woods, which we felt like this was very fitting because I, myself, am originally from West Virginia. There's a lot of woods there, so we felt like it fit. <clears throat> um, however, uh, I think probably the, the factor that, that meant the most to us is that his name, Silas, is in Russian is sila, which is their word for strength or power. And we felt like we needed to speak that over our son. Well, his middle name is actually Gabriel, which means God is my strength. And so we feel like we named him aptly because as soon as he was born, they handed him to me and he started doing push-ups on my chest. So, so he's got some strength in there. Uh, but a little bit more of the significance is my name is Michael Paul. His is Silas Gabriel. And so I tell everybody that we're both missionaries and we're both angels. <laughs> Praise the Lord, church. And then I try not to roll my eyes at the cheesy dad joke. But no, it is special that they have that connection with their names. And I just want to say thank you so much for blessing our son. You know, when we first started out, as Pastor mentioned, it was just my husband and I. And we were committed to living this life for the Lord, you know, giving it all selling it all, moving overseas, and then we had our son, and right after he was born, he was born in December, uh, as you know, in Eastern Europe, a war broke out not too long ago, and I'm sure you've seen the news, and I had to go to the Lord and say, Lord, I still want to go. I still want to serve you, and just because we have a baby, it makes you think twice, you know, when you have a child, and people began to ask us, well, are you still going to go? Absolutely. This is what the Lord has called us to. And I know that our God will protect and provide no matter what. So I just want to say thank you because by giving, you're confirming that to us. The Lord is going to provide and he is going to protect and he is going to do what only he can do in the midst of all the mess. He's still there, and he's still faithful. So thank you for blessing our smiley, wonderful, handsome, perfect <laughs> baby boy. <laughs> you can tell he is our firstborn. We are just goo-goo over him. No, he really is the best travel baby. Thank you, Lord. Um, so after all that, we are appointed to the nation of Moldova. Uh, before the war broke out, many people asked us, isn't that one of those Hallmark countries? It's on the Hallmark channel, and there's a prince and a castle. Some of you were thinking it, I can tell. <laughs> No, it's a real place, and uh, we haven't we have seen a castle, but it's not the kind that you'd want to live in. And uh, my prince came with me, so I don't know if there's any other princes. But you can go ahead and put that first picture up there. This is a little map to help you out. Um, it's in between Romania and Ukraine, and it's a tiny country, landmass, maybe a little bit bigger than the size of the state of Maryland. So it's tiny, but though it's tiny, it matters in the eyes of God. Amen? 
Amen. My husband and I are actually the first of the United Pentecostal Church International North American missionaries to live in this country. There have been believers from other parts of Eastern Europe who have lived there, but as far as a North American representative, we're going to be the first ones to live there and to establish a church there in the capital. And um, what a challenge and what a gift. We were so excited. We got appointed um, in 2019 as um, short-term workers, and we started raising our budget, and this little thing called COVID happened. And so the first time we went to go get on a plane, uh, the world was shut down, so that didn't happen. Then, oh, 2020, it happened. But we got appointed in 2019, right? Yes, okay. So then um, 2020 happened, like my husband said. And then the second time we went to go get on a plane, we, um, someone, not to mention any names, but not me, got COVID, tested positive, <laughs> and we weren't able to get on the plane again. So we said, okay. So we just waited a little bit longer and the third time we went to go get on the plane, Moldova was still considering the United States a red country, meaning we could not enter. However, Ukraine was wide open. It was a green country for Moldova. So we said, okay, we'll fly to Ukraine, we'll quarantine for two weeks, and then we'll do a land border crossing. Easy enough, right? Mm -hmm. So we packed our belongings for a year. We arrived in Ukraine. We were quarantining in our friend's basement. It was nicer than it sounds. We were there. And then in the middle of our quarantine, Moldova changed its mind, as every country in the world did every other day during the pandemic, and said, you know what? Ukraine's a red country. Nobody from Ukraine can enter. We're like, great. Now what? which I'm sure nobody else was asking that during the pandemic. But we were there, and we said, you know what, Lord? We'll just get busy while we're here, okay? So two weeks, our quarantine was over. We started attending the local church there in Kiev. We were a part, and let me just say, that is a phenomenal church. Right now, they're in the middle of war, and they're teaching Bible studies. They're passing out humanitarian aid. They're traveling. They're going to dangerous parts of the country. And they are preaching the gospel. And they are seeing lives impacted and changed. And they are being the hands and feet of the church. So we got to rub shoulders with some pretty incredible people. We were working with them one month, two months, three months, five months. Eight months later, Moldova decides we can enter. But during that time, God was so good to us. We were very involved in that local church. We started an English club to start making new contacts. We, um, my husband got put on the media team. I think I was in a Sunday school class one time, and that's fun when you can't speak Russian or Ukrainian. Um, we uh, taught in three different Bible school campuses across the country, and just God was doing some incredible things. And we learned so much in that season of waning. And it really prepared us to go into Moldova, which is also a post-Soviet country. So finally, eight months happen. We go into Moldova. We have all of our paperwork. We go to apply for our visa to stay for one year in that country. And they say, actually, during COVID, there's one more document you need now. We added it. And you can only get it in the United States. And you have to get fingerprinted and get an FBI background check. 
And at that time, I was expecting our son. And with the timeline, I didn't really feel like having a baby on the plane. So we said, well, we'll just stay the 90 days that we're allowed, and then we'll go back into Ukraine. And there's some visa stuff. We can explain it in detail to you in the back if you want to know. But really, we could stay in Moldova 90 days, and then we could go back to Ukraine. But we had to be out of Ukraine for 90 days. If you want to know the nitty-gritty details, we can explain it later. But basically, we had... 90 days to start a church. And I don't know about you, but I don't think that this church was started in 90 days. It it doesn't happen that quickly. But we said, okay, well, we need to learn how to live in this country. We need to learn how to rent equipment if we want to have a service. We need to know where we can rent a facility. We need to know how to go to the grocery store. We need to know how to ride the bus and how to get from one city to the next city. So we'll do all this groundwork. And then once we get that information, when we come back, we'll be ready to start a church. So we did all this research during this time, and we had some young people from the states come, and we were doing prayer walks and just hitting the streets. We were meeting people, doing everything we could in this small time frame. And the last week we were there, uh, well, the week before our last Sunday service, we, um, we had a young man who was doing some work for us. He went to a coffee shop to use their Wi-Fi, and as he was doing that work, a young woman walks up to him, and she asks him a question. And this is a question that we get everywhere we go. I mean, everywhere. She said, why are you here? And we get this question because Moldova is one of the poorest and one of the least visited countries in Europe. Nobody goes there. It is not a vacation spot. If you don't believe me, come with us. (laughs) It's not one of those countries you go to, you know, on vacation. So everybody asks us, why are you here? You're an American. What are you doing in my country? And he looked at her and he said, we're here to start a church. And, of course, this had her start asking more questions. And as she asked the questions, he began to share the word of God with her. And he said, you could just feel the Holy Ghost moving in there. And she she was asking more and more questions. And he started telling her about the Holy Ghost and tears began to fill her eyes. And he's like, do you want to pray right now for the Holy Ghost? And she said, no, thank you. <laughs> uh, not here. <laughs> and he said, okay, but would you be interested in coming to our church? She said, yeah, I want to come. So he gave her our church address, which was our apartment. And that Sunday, we had three first-time guests. Amen. This, This is a lovely place. But when you're in your living room and you have three first-time guests, you just want to run around the altar, which is your coffee table, you know? You just, you get excited. So they came. My husband preached an amazing word of God. And, you know, it was just very simple. My, my son loves to be scared, but laughter scares him. I don't know. I told my husband, we need to laugh more or something because he gets scared. Anyway, so he came and uh, he preached just a simple word of God. It wasn't crazy. It wasn't super theological theological. It was the simple, powerful word of God. And he said, I believe that God wants to heal somebody today. And one of our guests, she jumped up and she said, it's me. 
I know it's me. So she came all the way to the front, which was like two steps, right, from the couch. And she came and she lifted her hands and we began to pray with her and the tears began to flow and you could just feel the power of God. She hit the floor and we were just praying and she was just seeking the Lord. And when she got done, she said, God has healed my heart. She said, I came here and there were some things in my life. There was some, some, some trauma and I know that God has touched my heart today and he has healed me. And we said, praise God, but there's more. Everybody sit down. So they sat back down, and my husband just shared a little bit more of the word. And as he shared it, he said, I want us to stand, and I want us to pray for the Holy Ghost. And so we said, okay. So everybody stood. We began to lift our hands and pray. And you put that next picture up there. The girl in the pink dress, her name is Emma. She's the girl from the coffee shop. As we prayed with her, God filled her with the gift of the Holy Ghost. She was speaking in other tongues. Amen. God is so good, so faithful. In our living room with our funky zebra print wall, God did a work. We didn't have the music. We didn't have the beautiful facility. We had the word of God, and his presence was in that place where we were gathered. And we said, Emma, we're so excited for you, but there's more. We want to teach you a Bible study. She said, okay. She came back on Friday, and this is important because we had to leave the country on Saturday. We began to teach her a Bible study about baptism in the name of Jesus, and we had the Bible open in English and in Romanian, and we're going back and forth. We're looking at the scriptures, and she says, I see it, but I'm not ready. And we said, okay, but are you sure? Because we leave tomorrow. She said, no, I, I need to think about it. I said, Okay. We'll see you next time. We load up in our van with three other friends. We drive to the border. We're in the middle of a field. I know you guys know what that is. We're in Illinois. In the middle of a field. And there's like maybe two or three cars. We sit there for four hours. There's translation going back three ways from English to Moldovan to Ukrainian. No, to Russian, to, from Russian to Moldovan to English. I mean, it was just crazy. For four hours, we sat there. And finally, they say, look, we understand it's your 90th day. We know that you need to leave Moldova and go back into Ukraine. We get it. But there's a glitch in our system. And it's not counting the day that you entered and the day that you're leaving. So you have to go back into Moldova for two more days. Okay. So we walk back into our field and we sit on the ground waiting for a taxi. We were eating sunflower seeds. I remember I looked at my husband and I said, Emma. He said, okay, contact her. I text Emma. I said, Emma, I'm not trying to push you. I'm not trying to bother you, but this is what just happened. And I was just wondering, have you thought any more about being baptized in Jesus' name? She said, Tia, I decided this morning that I wanted to be baptized. She said, but I knew you were leaving, so I was just going to wait until you came back. But she said, now I know that my God shut the border so that I could be baptized. You can put that picture up there. We had to rent a basement uh, in a hotel, a sauna room, 
We found a hot tub, and Emma went down in the name of Jesus. She was baptized. Amen. If you could stand with me. Emma is the first, but she is not the last. Amen. I'm excited about that. She's the first, but she's not the last. God has a people in that nation. And it may be small. It may be insignificant to the world, but it matters in the eyes of God. And we are going. We're taking our family, and we are going to find those people that are hungry, that are seeking after God. And I wonder right now, in spite of wars, God is moving. He is doing a work. I wonder if you would just lift your hands, and if you're comfortable, will you pray out loud with me? for the nation of Moldova, for all the Emmas that are out there. Lord, we're coming before you. This is a nation that is precious in your sight. There is not one soul there that you did not die for. Lord, I'm praying right now, Lord, that you will just send your angels before us, that you will direct every step that we take, that you will lead us to the hungry, to the broken, to the ones that are crying out, wanting to know you more. God, there may be bombs next door, but we believe that you are doing a great and mighty work in these last days. Your spirit is going to be poured out and there are going to be many Emmas come to know who you are. God, you're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God, we're believing for it. We're declaring it, oh God. We're going to see revival in every nation, oh Lord. Thank you, God, for what you're doing and how you're going to do it. In Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for victory, Lord Jesus. We thank you for the outpouring of your spirit upon Moldova, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, God, that you have called us for such a time as this to see and to be a part of this revival, Lord. We pray, God, that you would continue to lead us to those who are hungry and searching for something more. God, I pray right now even for Belva, Lord God, that there would be an outpouring of your spirit in this city, Lord Jesus, that you would lead each and every one of us, oh God, to those who are hungry and searching for something more. God, I believe, Lord, that we are living in the last days, God, and we are going to see the greatest revival that we have ever seen before, God, and we are going to be a part of something that has never been done before. God, you have called us for such a time as this. God, even here in Belleville, God, to be here and to stand strong and to be a light in this city, God, and I pray, Lord, for a mighty move of your spirit, oh God, that chains would be broken, God, walls would begin to crumble, Lord God, that, that victory would happen, oh Lord, and your, your power and your presence would begin to move, Lord, I thank you, Jesus, for victory. I thank you, Lord, for strength tonight in Jesus name in Jesus name hallelujah 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 thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus we serve an awesome God we serve an awesome God amen amen I feel the spirit of the Lord in this house right now hallelujah I thank you Jesus thank you Jesus Lord, you are wonderful. You are merciful, Jesus. There is none like you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to, I'm going to, preach a little bit here in just a minute, but I just want to declare to somebody today that there, there is victory in this house. There, 
You may have come into this house weary with the the burdens of life and you've begun to question whether or not you should continue on in this journey, whether or not you should continue to walk after God. But but I'm here to declare to you that those things that have had you bound, those chains and those those walls that you've been fight, fighting and those things that you've begun to begin to cause you to question, does God even know where I am? I, I believe that he hears you and he knows where you're at and he, he's going to begin to break those things down. He's going to begin to pour out his spirit in your life. He's going to begin to give liberty where there was captivity and where, where there was confusion, he will begin to give understanding and where there was weakness, he'll begin to give strength and where there's uncertainty, he'll begin to give direction. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to go ahead and jump into my passage of scripture here. I'll be reading from Isaiah, or I'm sorry, Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11. And you may be very familiar with this particular passage of scripture. It says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. For just a few moments this evening, I'd like to speak to us on this thought. God knows. Let's pray and ask God to speak to us tonight. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity that you've given us here in the middle of the week, God, to come together and to call upon your name. God, to hear from your word that you would speak to us tonight, God. I pray that our our hearts would be ready and able to receive what you have for us, God, and that we would give you all the glory and the honor and the praise for what you are doing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, you may be seated this evening. <clears throat> it was 2019. It was in the, the second year of our marriage that, that we were appointed to go to the nation of Latvia for a period of three months. Latvia is a, a small country. It's one of the Baltic states. It's farther north than Moldova. It's right next to Russia, and we were able to be there for for actually four months with uh, some doors that God opened for us. And, and you know, we, we had the opportunity to minister in Latvia, and he, God began to open doors to, to different nations, and we began to, to go in and begin to share the gospel and to, to teach and to preach and just see what God was doing in, in, in and through us and really just what God was doing around the world. And so one of the opportunities that was presented to us was an opportunity to go into Moldova, which we were very excited about and a little bit nervous because our role in this particular uh, opportunity was that uh, we would go in before the evangelists. So, so let me give you a little bit more backstory. It, it was being set up with some connections uh, through people in Russia, people in Latvia, um, connections to Moldova that we were going to have some services and we were going to believe that or we were believing that God was going to pour out his spirit and 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 things were going to begin to break and 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 we were going to see revival in Moldova and uh, so there was a couple evangelists that were scheduled to come in uh, into Moldova and and basically what my wife and I were going to do is we were going to go in and we were going to kind of scout out the land and we were going to be the facilitators for these services which we had never been to Moldova, don't know the language, don't really know the geography. And uh, so obviously there was a measure of concern, <laughs> a measure of what is happening. God, you've opened this door. We're just going to, you know, as we've been doing, we're just going to trust you and we're going to walk after you. And we're going to believe that as we follow after the, you know, after you, after your spirit and the door that you've opened, you know, you're going to do something great beyond our 
imagination. And uh, when we were leaving Latvia to go to Moldova, um, we had, I don't know what it is about us, but I just realized this, we have a lot of visa issues. And so we're, <laughs> we're leaving Moldova, I'm sorry, uh, Latvia to go to Moldova, and as we're heading out, um, we had stayed 90 days because we were allowed, but we're allowed to stay longer that, than that because we're American citizens. Well, what we didn't understand or didn't know, weren't aware of, until we were walking out the door, getting our visa stamped, our, our passport stamped, is that during that second 90-day period, once you leave the country, that's it. You can't come back for another 90 days, which would have been fine with the exception of the fact that we left like 95% of our belongings in Latvia. <laughs> so we said, okay, well, that's fine. We're, you know, as far as our work here, we're done. Just we need to figure out how to get our things. And also there's this little fact that we had already purchased our ticket and we were supposed to come back to the States from Latvia. Kind of crazy, right? All of these things that, you know, we had our plans, we had our ideas of the way that we thought things were going to happen. And uh, so we said, well, we're going to Moldova. <laughs> That's what we're doing. And so we went to Moldova, we, we spent our first night there, and uh, we had made a list of all of the things that we needed to do our research for. Uh, we were not only doing research for this trip, but we knew that we would be coming back at some point in the future. So we were trying to do some additional research in the limited time that we had. So we wrote down a list of, we need to figure out some stuff about the transportation, where's the train station, bus station. Uh, well, we need to figure out what's a good place to live. Uh, let's figure out a little bit about the grocery store because we need to eat. Um, we do a lot of that, I guess. Um, <clears throat> but we needed to figure some things out. So we had a whole list of things that we needed to, to check off. And that morning before we left, uh, we prayed and we said, God, just direct our steps today. It was a simple prayer. It wasn't earth chattering. didn't take us 25 minutes to come to the conclusion that we needed God's help. We just said, God, lead our steps. And we began to question whether or not he was because our, the first thing on our list was to go to the airline office and try to work out our situation of how we're going to get home. So we got on Google and uh, we, we typed in uh, the airline office and it was about a 45 minute walk from us and I'm 31 years old. I've pretty much grown up with technology in my hand and it's usually pretty good. I've learned to trust Google but I trust it a little less now because it was wrong and uh, we, we decided it's a 45 minute walk. We're not going to take a train or, um, excuse me, public transportation because we don't know how it works. We're not going to take a taxi because we can't speak the language. We can't tell them where we're going to go and we're not going to know when we're there because we don't have cell phone service. We're just off the Wi-Fi. Anyway, and, and trust me, I know this is a lot of information and I apologize, but I'm going somewhere with this. <clears throat> and so... Um, we decided we're going to do a 45-minute walk, which it was a nice day, except it was probably close to 100 degrees, something like that. So we tried to do it in like 35, but we didn't want to pass out or anything. Um, so we get there, and we walk in the door, and it's not our airline. It's Russian airline, and they don't speak any English. Um, at this point, we hadn't really delved into the Russian language, and we're still only at about the level of a toddler for our understanding and, able to, and ability to speak. Uh, 
So we didn't understand much, but we understood when they said yet, which means no. <laughs> Basically, we can't help you, and we're not going to try to help you, so goodbye. <laughs> and we were like, okay, well, this is not going well. So we decided that instead of making the 45-minute walk, we're going to connect to some Wi-Fi real quick, figure out uh, where we're going to go, how we're going to figure the next step out. So we decided, let's look up a coffee shop. You know, good things happen at coffee shops. I'm just saying. Coffee's good, but some other things happen there. Connections happen at coffee shops that, that really... Uh, a lot of times are God-ordained. And so whenever you go out to get your cup of coffee in the morning or afternoon or evening or before you go to bed, whenever you get your coffee, don't, don't just say, hey, I'm just going to get a cup of coffee. Go, go on a mission to say, I'm going to get a cup of coffee, and I'm also going to be listening to the voice of the Lord, and I'm also going to be looking for an opportunity that God is going to place in front of me. Because I, I believe that, you know, we're living in the last days, and I believe that God is, is wanting to pour out his spirit upon all flesh, and he, he wants people to know about him. And so I believe that God is going to create or is creating, and we may not always be willing to listen to him and see or hear the opportunities that he presents before us, but, but he's ordering our steps, and he, he's preparing divine connections where we can begin to share him him and, and his freedom and his name so that people can come to know him and have a relationship with him. And so for this, on this particular day, we were a little bit flustered, at least I was, um, with the fact that things just work, weren't working out. You know, it's a, not a great start to our, our checklist. And so we went to this coffee shop and we're, we're trying to get uh, things figured out, get our thoughts organized and figure out what our next step is going to be. And we're sitting there, and this man walks in. He's a big, strong man. He's got a nice big tattoo on his arm. He's got an American flag undershirt on. He's got the buzz cut. I said, this guy's he's something special. And he, uh, he, he starts talking to the barista, but he doesn't talk to them in Russian or Romanian. He talks to them in English, and we were like, well, first of all, we didn't know this guy understood English to that level, uh, which uh, the young people understand more English than the older people, um, and I'm just going to leave that there. But um, so we're like, man, we need to talk to this guy. And so while he's waiting on his coffee, we're like, hey, hey, you know, we're, we find ourselves being the ones asking the question, why are you in Moldova? And so we, we started talking to him. We asked him and, uh, who he was, what he was doing there. And he said, well, actually, he said, I'm a U.S. Marine. He said, I, I actually work at the embassy. We're like, we need to talk to you. We have some things we got to work out. No, but um, he, he began to talk to us, and he asked us, okay, well, you asked me. I'll ask you, why are you in Moldova? We began to share with him. We're here you know, to do some services. We're, we're missionaries. We're, we're wanting to preach and teach. He said, oh, that's great. He said, are you busy right now? We're like, well, we had some plans, but they're really not working out the way we thought they would, so not really. And uh, he said, okay, well, he said, actually, today's my off day. He said, and I have a, a vehicle from the embassy. He said, do you guys want to just come with me, and I'll just show you around the city. And like good, trusting 
young people, we get in the car with this stranger. And it worked out. Obviously, we're still here. But uh, looking back, it probably wasn't a wise decision. Um, but <laughs> but we, uh, we were driving with, riding with him, and he, he drove us around the city. And would you believe it, in one hour, he took us around. And we didn't even show him our checklist, really. We just told him we had a list of things to do. And, and in one hour, he, he drove us around, and he checked off every box that we had on our list of, of questions that we had. Aside from figuring out how we're going to get back home, which obviously God worked that out as well. And, and one of the, I'll, I'll say this as well, um, God made a way when for us really we didn't know what way was up or down or left or right. We, one of the evangelists that was coming into Moldova uh, actually came in by way of Latvia. So he was able to stop off and get our luggage and bring it to us. So God made a way for all of these things to happen. And, you know, I, I share that story to say that, you know, sometimes we feel like God has put a call on our lives. Sometimes we, well, hopefully we feel like God is uh, directing us and, and he has a purpose for us. Ho- hopefully we're, we're trusting and walking with him and, and believing that, that he wants to do something in us and through us. But... But can I be honest, there are times where we make our own plans. We, we, we make our, our path or what we think it's going to be. And, you know, God, you've called me, so I'm going to walk this way because that's the direction you told me to walk. And then there's a wall. Or, or there's a door and, God, it, it's locked. It doesn't, things aren't working out the way that I thought they would. You know, I, I had these plans, I had these desires, I had these dreams, and, and God, I've, I've, I've prayed about it, and I, I really, I've searched my heart, and I feel like this is where you've called me to, and what you've, you're wanting from me, so why am I having to go through these challenges? Why, why am I having to face these situations where I, I begin to question and say, God, do you, <laughs> do you realize where I'm at? Do you, like, I'm, I'm on the other side of the world, God, with my family. I'm, I'm trying to reach people for you, and I'm, but things aren't working out. I've, I've got these plans, and I'm moving and, and trying really to follow after you, but it's just not working out, and I don't, I don't understand. Isaiah 55 and verse 9 says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Basically, what that means is you can make your plans, you can make your preparations, but I've got something better. And really, I just, I, I want you to know that I know where you are. I know the situations and the struggles that you're going through and, and really the questions that you have in your mind, and, but I just need you to trust me. I just need you to walk with me a little bit further. I've put an obstacle in your way for you to realize that even though I've called you, you still need me. And if you'll just walk with me, if you'll just work with me, and you'll just trust me, the plans that at the end of it you have a, a goal, you're right here. I'm going to take you here. 
the things that you think are going to happen, they may happen, but there's going to be some bigger things that happen that you're not even aware of. I have some connections for you. I have some, some people for you to be, to be reaching out to. I, I have some conversations that I want you to have. I, ha- I have something else that I want you to do, and I just, I really need you to trust me that I know where you're at. I, I need you to trust me that, that if you'll just walk with me every step of the way, it's going to be okay. And so we, we made it through that time, and we, we got to where we were appointed again to be going back to Moldova for another year. We were excited because God had already confirmed some things for us. Through this connection with this Marine, it was obvious to us we're walking where God wants us to walk. And he's already gone before us, and he's already begun to prepare the way. We didn't see it at the time, but we see now that, that God is with us, and we're excited, and let's go, and let's do this. And as my wife mentioned, COVID happened. We couldn't go. We go to Ukraine. We begin to ask those questions again. God, why? I mean, I'll be honest. The first, first couple months there in Ukraine, it was a little bit of a struggle for me. And I hope the transparency is okay. It was a little bit of a struggle for me. And I'm just, I'm just really wanting to relate to you that, you know, just because I have the name, or Tia and I, we have the name missionary in front of our name, the title, that doesn't mean anything other than we're sent, right? Which really we all are if we're walking with God. God wants to send you to to places to, to make connections to to multiply his kingdom. And all I'm saying there is just because we have a title in front of our name, just because pastor has the title doesn't mean that he doesn't have challenges. Doesn't mean he doesn't go through seasons where he may question not God, but why he's in the middle of the situation he's in. Why God am I here? And and if we're not careful this is something that I've learned over the past couple of years, and really I've seen it evident in the lives of, of some others that we've been connected to, is that it's really, it's in that season of waiting and learning to trust God that we're faced with the greatest temptation to do one of two things. To take things into our own hands try to take control over our own lives, over our own situations, our own questions, or just throw our hands up and say, God, that's it, I'm done. I can't do it anymore because there's just too much struggle. There's too much. I don't understand. And, and you know, we can go through seasons like Job where we say, behold, I go forward, but he's not there and, and backward, but I, I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where does he work? But I cannot behold him. He hideth himself from me on the right hand that I cannot see him. But be reminded and encouraged tonight. Job says, but he knoweth the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Just because you go through a season where, where things don't work out doesn't mean that God has left you or abandoned you. It doesn't mean that, that, that you're not where you're supposed to be. 
that season of waiting could be ordained by God for you to learn a lesson, for you to learn to trust him and to walk with him through that season of hardship and, and to realize that I've called you, but I'm going to be the one that leads you. And if you'll just walk with me and trust me, things are going to work out better than you ever thought possible. Right. <clears throat> and I'm going to share one last story this evening as I'm preparing to come to a close. Um, so we were able to be in Moldova for three months. And uh, as Tia said, we had to do some research about living in the country. And I'll just say that first month, Tia was pregnant with our son and she was very sick actually so sick that she really couldn't do much else but go back and forth between the the bed and the bathroom and so I'm you know we're in a country where we don't know the language we really don't know that many people trying to figure out how to get around and I tell you what it was a struggle for me I had to learn how to feed myself <laughs> I had to learn how to cook I had to learn how to go to the grocery store which I don't, can I get an amen from some of the guys? It's hard enough to go to the grocery store and find what you need, or at least find what your wife sent you to get. Anyway, um, but then throwing on top of that that it's in two different languages and trying to figure out which language it's in and, and if it's the right thing. And buying flour in another language is very difficult because of the nuances. Anyway, I'm just going to move forward. <laughs> but, you know, we were... We we're trying to do all these things. Then we had a few friends come into the country with us. And, uh, you know, part of our responsibility with them was to, to teach them and train them and give them a good missions experience so that they'll believe that God's called them because I believe that he has. And if, um, anyway, um, <laughs> sometimes I get off track a little bit. I'm sorry. Um, and so we were, we were teaching and training, but also trying to figure out how to live in the country, but also how to figure out how to start a church in the country. And we're trying to do all things and be effective. And so part of our training uh, was twofold. It was to train and also to do the work. And so we, were, uh, we had decided that for a period of seven days, we were going to do prayer and fasting. But not only were we going to do prayer and fasting, we were going to go into a specific area of the city and we we're going to do prayer walks around that area. And at the end of that seventh, or on that seventh day, the end of that seventh prayer walk, what we were going to do is we're going to go into the center of the city, we're going to lift our hands like the children of Israel, we're going to lift our voices, and we're going to call upon the name of Jesus and believe that some walls are going to begin to crumble, some, some chains are going to begin to be loosed, and that as the prayers um, that we have prayed over these past seven days have been planted all around this city, that God is just going to do something amazing. And so while we're standing there praying, lifting our hands, lifting our voices, which I also want to say that um, we, uh, in Moldova, the people there are mostly quiet and reserved. And so for us to be standing there in the middle of the, this park, between the parliament building and a large Orthodox church, uh, we were basically saying, hey, we're American because we're making a lot of noise. <laughs> At least we ain't, around from the, we ain't from around these parts. That's at least what we were saying. And so we were getting some looks from people as they went by. But there was this one elderly gentleman in particular who, um, who we had caught his attention. And every so often I would look up and he would be just a couple steps closer and a couple steps closer. If you could put that last picture up, 
um, he was right there in the middle of us, and he began to talk to us in Russian. And again, remember, level of a toddler, our conversation didn't go very far. So we had to get out our phones. We used Google Translate, and we had a conversation with this man. And he began to speak to us, and he began to share with us. With big tears running down his eyes, he began to say, Every day for the past 10 years, I have come to this park, and I've begun, and I've been praying for my country. And I've been praying that God would send someone to my country who would bring revelation and understanding of who he is. He said, every day for the past 26 years, I have been praying that God would send someone to my country who would teach Jesus the way the Bible teaches Jesus and that the chains of tradition would begin to be broken off of the minds of my people and that he would pour out his spirit upon this country. And we began to pray with him right there in the park and he, he, he was weeping, and, and, and he, as we prayed with him, he, he said, I, I hear that as you pray, you speak in tongues. He said, I, I know that you are true believers and that God has sent you for such a time as this. And again, for us, this was a, a huge moment. Because it was a connection that we had no plans of making. It was something that we didn't think was, not that we didn't think it was possible, <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm, again, I'm 31 years old. I've, I've grown up in Pentecost. I've, I've sat where you are, and I've been through many missionary services, and the missionary comes in, and they tell stories like this. And I look, and I say, wow, that's so awesome that God is using them. But I would sit where you are and I would look at my life and the challenges that I'm going through and the questions that I have and, and I look at my past and I look at all of these things and I say, that's awesome for them. I'll never see that because I'm not good enough. But God knows. He knows your heart. He knows what you want to do with your life for his kingdom. And so if you'll just make yourself available, he'll lead you to people who are hungry. Because not only does he know where you are, he knows where they are. This man had been searching, seeking for over 26, 25 years, 26 years, seeking God for Something. And I'm sure there were days where he said, God, do you do you hear me? God, do you do you know that I want my family to be saved? Do you do you know that I want more? And God says, I know. I, I see where you are. I see the the challenges that you face, the the doors that are hindering you, the, the walls that are surrounding you. I, I, I see the questions, I, I hear the questions, and, and, and I see, really, I see the tears that you cry when you think no one else sees, when you think no one else knows. I, I know, I'm there, I'm with you, I'm just, 
waiting on you to turn to me and to trust me and to walk with me and believe that it can happen for you. And I'm coming to a close if we could all stand this evening. We, we had dinner with Pastor earlier and we talked about life, we talked about missions, we talked about a bunch of things, but I have no idea what situations are happening in the lives of each individual in this room. And if you're not questioning God, then that's great. Continue on in faith. But if you're in a season right now where you're questioning God and you're asking God, do you even see where I am? Do you even see the steps that I'm taking to serve you? you do you, do you know the, the sacrifices that I'm making for, for your kingdom? Do you hear me? when I call on you. But I'm here to tell you tonight that God knows. He hears you. He sees you. And he wants to work with you and in you and through you. And he will. It may not happen in exactly the way that you thought it was going to happen. Honestly, it probably won't happen anywhere close to the way you thought it was going to happen. But it's going to happen the way it needs to. Your answer is going to come because God knows. He, he sees where you are. He, he, he knows your struggles. He knows your questions. And so tonight I'm going to open these altars and ask that we would all come and just begin to call upon the Lord and just begin to be renewed in his presence and begin to be encouraged in his presence that he knows the way that I take. He knows the plans that he has for you, plans of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. It might not be the end that you expected. It might be a surprise for you, but it won't be a surprise for God. And so just continue to walk with him and trust him today and believe that, that the challenges that you are facing, the, the struggles that you're going through, they you may not believe it in the moment, in the middle of the struggle, but they are ordained by God for you to learn to walk with Him and to trust Him. God, I pray right now for your people tonight, God, that, Lord, you would encourage us this evening, Lord, strengthen us tonight. God, that you hear, you hear our prayers, you hear our cry, you, you see our tears, you know the things that we going through, God. You know the questions we have, the, the uncertainties, God. You know the way that we take. 